leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another Friday. We are here. We're talking about breaking into cybersecurity. We have an amazing guest. Uh, she'll be on in just a little bit, but in the meantime, let's give you some background on this podcast. Uh, if you're new to us, what we do is we interview individuals that have broken into the cybersecurity field within the past five years so that they can share their tips, tricks, and uh, journey along the way to help inspire future generations of individuals looking to break in or transition from other roles. Um, if you are viewing us live on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, make sure you hit the notification button. That way, next time we go live, you could be notified that we are going live. Um, if you're listening to us after the fact on your favorite podcast platform, uh, subscribe there, share with your friends, share share with family, share with anyone interested in breaking into cybersecurity, because that is the whole point of this podcast. Today, we have um, Angela that is joining us. Uh, she comes from a legal and fine arts background and um, kind of got the cybersecurity bug and broke her way over. Um, we met a little bit ago on a uh, virtual conference, and we've been connected ever since. I love her story, so I'm glad I was able to finally get her on. Um, let's bring her on. Hey, how are you doing? Hi, Christoph. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on and uh, sharing your story. Of course. So g give us a little bit of background um, on your on your history. Like uh, you mentioned that you had a, a fine arts and legal background. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. So I like to kind of reiterate like I, I think I'm in the the era of, you know, when when we were kind of graduating high school or, or in high school, even people were like, you should figure out what you want to do, but like also do something you really enjoy. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll hate it. Right. Um, and, you know, the thing I was kind of good at was like art and being creative. Um, I was good at other things like math and science, but I didn't really know like what options or or if that was something that you know I wanted to study so my parents were kind of just like well you're good at art you should just do that and I was like are you sure like is it <laughs> really <laughs> you know and then like a couple more times it's like but you're like 100% positive that that's what you, you're suggesting to me okay um so I did that and it was good like um of course you had to take all your undergrad uh stuff too right and so I, I learned other things but um you know, I still like I couldn't decide on one thing. I leaned towards 
anything to do with technology. So I was like doing graphic design and then using computers for that. And then I was uh, really into photography, even though it was like a lot of manual stuff, also digital and like using lights and all the all the things that come along with editing and and whatnot. So I always kind of like leaned towards the more techie art side, I guess. Um, but also really liked ceramics. So it was very confusing for me um, to try to figure out what to do next. And I kind of was like, you know, maybe I should do something else um, and have art be like my passion that I do outside of work and get a job that can support this passion. <laughs> um, because if, if I just work as an artist, like I can't do anything with that small amount of money. So um, I, I took some time just like working random jobs and then ended up getting a job at a, at a law firm because the the person who was looking for someone else to, to work with them was kind of like we need someone else in the office are you good with computers and I was like is there anyone our age that isn't good I mean like what's the criteria here like how like what's good you know and I was like I, I could use use it um <laughs> which obviously I was a little more proficient than that but um you know, so that got me into it. And then I was like, I kind of like this. I liked the research and the thought process behind, you know, like finding out stuff about cases. And it was just like all over the place and kind of wild. So ended up getting my second bachelor's um, in like pre-law because the, the core, the core courses were the same. So I was able to knock that out rather quickly. And, and to me, I was like, okay, this is a much more like usable degree. Um, and it can like actually get me somewhere where the art stuff, I was kind of just like, I don't know what to do with this. You know, if I work in a gallery, somebody, somebody's got to die, like there's no open positions. Uh, and so did the, did the pre-law thing. And then I was like applying to law schools and I wanted to do like digital technology um, in, in, in law, law offices. And so I, I was like applying to law schools and then I waited, you know, cause you have to wait for a response. And like in that time I was like, do I want to be an attorney? Like, no. And then I was like, do I want to be like over a hundred grand in, in debt? No. <laughs> and so I, and so I was just like, um, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like it took, took me so long to figure this out. So then uh, I was like, I just want to work with computers and technology, but like, I don't know how to do that. So I had friends who were developers, programmers. And I was like, what, how did you, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And they, pretty much like went to computer science, like went to school for computer science at tech schools. And um, they were like, I don't know, this is what I do, but I don't know if that's what you would want to do. And it was kind of true. I was like, I don't know. And uh, just continued to research. I I ended up reading an article about cybersecurity one day. And finally, I was like, this kind of makes sense. This sounds like it describes my personality and like the fact that there's so many open roles in and every industry needs a cybersecurity professional. I was like, Mm -hmm. This kind of makes sense just mathematically, um, <laughs> even if I don't like it, right? So, uh, yeah, so that started my trend of like, okay, I'm just going to become obsessed with cybersecurity and like do a prep course and go to a boot camp. And then just it, you know, exploded from there. So, uh, let's let's dig into that <laughs> high level overview of it exploded from there and um, refine it back. So, yep. I'm guessing at this point you're you're at a law firm. Um, and you started exploring cybersecurity. Let, let's talk about your your approach um, to exploring cybersecurity and the, the types of training that you did, the types of resources that you used. Because uh, I'm sure there's there's others out there that might be taking taking a similar path as you. Um, 
For example, yeah. some of the, the, the comments says, good stuff, um, listening to your approach. Um, we also have another um, one saying, hi, Chris, hi, Anjali. So uh, let's share a little bit about that. Uh, what was your approach? Thanks, George. Thanks, Arjuni. Hey, guys. Um, actually, I had no job when I read that article. I was moving from Miami to Denver, and I like quit my job, had some money saved, and was like, let's go. So, which is kind of my personality anyway. Um, but, but yeah, like read the article and there was a in-person boot camp um, mm -hmm. where I was moving. So like a couple blocks, like I could walk uh, to this place. So shortly after like reading that article, I was like, where like would I get education? And I was like, oh my gosh, this, this boot camp is close to where I'm going to be living. So that's interesting. Um, so I kind of looked into it, but not like too hardcore because obviously like get settled in a new place, get a job and then figure that thing out. Um, so one of the things that my men, one of my mentors really likes to share with some of his other mentees is the fact that my first job there was uh, scooping ice cream. Like mm -hmm. I chose that job because I love ice cream and I didn't <laughs> necessarily need money for like a while. So I was like this is cool like i'll just <laughs> get free ice cream and like have money for stuff nice. <laughs> can pay my bills with like what i've saved so <laughs> so i intentionally like got that job to like transition into whatever it was that i decided to do there mm -hmm. um and then and then i took this um prep course at the place that was uh, the in-person boot camp so mm -hmm. at that time they didn't have the option for online uh, there i don't know not sure if they do now but I was like, okay, I can do this like four week prep course, learn the basics, learn, you know, like what a virtual machine is, some bash commands and like literally just the basics. Now I do believe that someone could look that up online, like it's all available, but their mm -hmm. thing was like, if you do this, then you can like use that to get into the boot camp or whatever, like the money you pay for this thing. And I was mm -hmm. like, that makes sense. So I'll probably do that. But I ended up uh, not going with that boot camp because I wanted the online option. So mm -hmm. I found I found another boot camp um, somewhere else that offered the online option. So I got a real job, a real job, and I worked as a receptionist <laughs> by choice. I worked as a receptionist at a law firm. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is where he's he's like, she was a receptionist. Well, there's nothing wrong with receptionist. <laughs> I've been receptionist, you know, but he was just like ice cream reception, cybersecurity. And he makes it like <laughs> it's really <laughs> dramatic you know but it's cool so i chose that on purpose so i could kind of not have the stress of being mm -hmm. um like a legal assistant paralegal yeah. well or, or being a paralegal with a lot of stress regardless okay. and also trying to learn a new um subject for career transition right so like i had it really really good um and i set that up for myself uh mm -hmm. being being like you know no kids no obligations really like i was able to do that and i'm really grateful for it mm -hmm. um so I worked like nine to five at 5 p.m. since I was mountain time. Um, <laughs> the boot camp started right at six. So it was like perfect for me, but I yeah. did plan all of this out ahead of time. So nice. <laughs> so I did that for a few months. Um, the biggest part of that was like being able to network within um, the, the boot camp. But I don't know if you want to ask a different question. I don't know how far you want me to go with this, but that, well, let's talk about what what you learned in the boot camp, yeah. um, how tactical or um, 
how do you feel it went? Like, do you feel that it really prepared you for what you needed? Because uh, I know a lot of people are looking into to boot camps as one of the options. So what was your point of view on that? Yeah, so for me, I was like, I'm definitely not going back and getting another bachelor's degree. Like, that's not something I'm about to do. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to collect these pieces of paper. But the fact that I, I do believe that the fact that I had at least a bachelor's degree, regardless of what it's in, is helpful because you know, it shows people that you're willing to learn and study and kind of focus on whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the flexibility to like have the option to get that hands-on training um, with a, a human, whether it's in person or virtual, mm-hmm. uh, I think really helped, like helped push me to learn stuff. Like I do believe that everything in, a, in that in that specific course could have been done by someone if they planned it out themselves like just online with resources, right? But it would have probably taken much longer. So it took mm-hmm. me six months to transition to a new career, which is pretty phenomenal. And that was the other thing. It was like, I don't want to wait another year to to switch careers. Like I'm ready to do this and commit mm-hmm. to it. Um, so in the boot camp, it was a lot of like hands-on labs. And then, you know, you get some of the background history depending on like which um, professor you have that day or whatever. But mm-hmm. the instructors are mostly like, practicing professionals so they'll give you their insight into like what it's actually been like for them which I think is really important you, you get that kind of uh behind the scenes of like this is what it's like to be this role or like mm-hmm. these are the challenges I've struggled with and on your own you're just kind of like that position sounds cool or this one sounds terrible and there's no like basis for any of that information um but yeah I think the hands-on labs is what's the most important and and being able to kind of like work through some of those with another person um Mm -hmm. and bounce ideas off of because as I'm sure you know like you can work on something for like 20 hours and not see the one like thing that's wrong with it and somebody else would be like it's just that right there (laughs) right um or just 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 troubleshooting with each other it's it's really nice but um yeah so having that kind of like buddy system and help I think is huge and then Mm -hmm. like one of the things that I noticed and this is from experiences I've heard people in um, like more traditional university type programs be like we're just we're just reading a book like we've just been reading for months and like talking and just reading Mm -hmm. and talking and we haven't done any labs and so it's like I think if you do go that traditional route, like definitely look into what you're going to be doing in those courses, because if you don't, if you don't get the hands-on like training, people are still going to expect you to know that with your degree. So you're going to have to do extra work if they don't teach it to you. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like it it prepared you. It gave you hands-on experience. Um, Let's talk about that transition now. Uh, Did the bootcamp help you? What was your approach in searching for a role? Let's go into all those nitty-gritty details. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And and just to be clear, that bootcamp did provide a lot of um, what I would say are the fundamentals. I do Mm -hmm. think it was more tailored to like startups and and so it was like Linux based. so make make that decision on your own whether you want to do like you know linux and and or 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 powershell or whatever you may want to use um Mm -hmm. whether it's bash or powershell or linux or a pc or whatever um because you know that's kind of like gonna tailor the jobs you get and stuff like that so um yeah so the transition was (laughs) kind of so like my story is like i acknowledge the fact that I was super lucky like I I worked hard but also like things kind of fell into place nicely for me I'm I mean one of the other things that you have to keep in mind is like soft skills are very very important and networking Mm -hmm. 
um, actual networking and human networking um, are also very important. So I did make the uh, like extra, I took the extra step to like do as much networking as I could. I was like going to in-person ISACA meetings, which mm -hmm. like I had no no business at these ISACA meetings really. Like at the beginning, like, yes, I was welcome, but also like couldn't contribute, didn't know what they were talking about. It was just like, this is the only thing near me, I'm gonna go. And mm -hmm. I would just sit there and like listen. Mm -hmm. And and it was a really good way to gauge my learning because like first couple of meetings, it was like, I don't know anything anybody's talking about, but I'm still here. And they'd see your face, you know? So it's like a good way to, to like get people to know you. But eventually you're like, oh, I sat through half of that. That's great and understood it. And then you're like, oh, I understood this whole thing. This is awesome. Like I've come so far already. Um, and then they'll do things like, and this is many organizations do this where it's like you put on a name tag that says I'm looking for a job or I'm hiring. Mm -hmm. And so just that simple thing can like get you somewhere, even if it's not necessarily a job, it is helpful. So I did things like that during my boot camp. and look at this, it's reversed. And um <laughs> and and like made the extra effort. So mm -hmm. you do have to do that. Like I think some boot camps are better at others in like giving you access to people who are hiring or organizations that are like can help you with resume review or you know here's a pool of open jobs and they'll interview our um students or whatever but mm -hmm. uh, mine didn't really do that but i think that was that's part of the like virtual package is like you don't get the in-person like that's extra with the in-person thing which is fine yeah. um but you know it was like we got advice from our professors that were like apply early apply often and network as much as you can. So, you know, don't wait till the end of the boot camp to be like, oh, it's time for a job. Cause like, then you have to start the application process mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of go through those um, rejections and, and acceptances and then try to interview or see what it is like. So, you know, getting as many interviews as you can, as soon as you can, so you can practice that too, is also very important. Well, yeah, one of the comments is um, very inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, another comment is uh, very uh, informative advice. Thank you. And uh, another comment was um, how much was the boot camp on uh, the syllabus? Um, I mean, you don't have to give the specific uh, yeah. boot camp, but you could you could give a ballpark. Um, yeah, and there's there's a few now, but um, I think it's you know anywhere from like between five and ten thousand dollars. So if yeah. you if you haven't gone to college and already like racked up that debt, or maybe even if you have and you want to rack up some more, um, <laughs> like me, <laughs> you just you just keep going. But um, you know it, it's it's way way more affordable than like getting a computer science bachelor's degree like mm -hmm. anywhere. Um, so that's a plus. But also the investment is like you have the opportunity to spend um, half a year learning this stuff for that amount of money and changing careers to something that's likely going to pay you more than you're making right now, unless you're just doing it because you are super interested and you hate whatever you're doing now that pays you a lot, whatever. But, yeah. you know, you're not going to make like minimum wage, hopefully, uh, and have to struggle to pay it back. Like it, it, the return on investment is very high. And in regards to um, your application process, so your professor said apply often, um, <laughs> apply yeah. early. So t tell us about your application process. Was it like one <laughs> and done from the people that you were networking with at um, the ISACA group? What, what was it like? 
it, it was interesting because at first I was like, you know what? And I actually spent a lot of the boot camp studying for the Security Plus exam because I was like, well, this makes sense. It's all the same material. Um, and then I ended up taking the Network Plus because I was like, wait, I struggle with networking. I need to like learn this first. Um, and then I was like, wait, I should, should I work in IT? Like, I, I think I need to work in IT before I do anything. Like, I know I just learned all this stuff, but I'm missing out because I didn't like see the whole picture of, of doing that prior. And I, cause mm -hmm. I had people in the boot camp with me who work currently in IT and they were just like, don't do it. Like you already know more about security than anybody working in like most people in IT that just like haven't you know yeah. done security stuff yet and I was like but the big picture and they're like it's not gonna matter <laughs> and so so I I did apply for like an IT position and, and another one and I almost um, took one and then um, I was like I don't know they're I think they're right and so um, I was applying for some cybersecurity positions of like you know um, security analyst one or whatever it may be but it takes some companies a long time to reply. Like everyone's busy. Like no one's just in there. Like, I don't know anyone in cybersecurity. That's just like, I don't know. Like I played solitaire for a long time today. And then, <laughs> and then like did a little work and like, everyone's very busy. Um, so don't expect anybody to respond to you immediately. Um, so like that happened and, and then like, after I had actually accepted a position, I would get some, oh, we would like to bring you in for an interview. And I was like, too bad. That would have been cool. But thanks. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, some rejections too. But networking within the boot camp is what got me an opportunity to interview uh, with my, my first company. So uh, one of the people that I was uh, in the boot camp with who, who was working in IT, like applied for a role somewhat early on in the, in the boot camp. He got the position and he did such a good job in that position at that company that they were like, what boot camp did you, did you go to? Like, we need another, like, we have another opening. Can you refer people? And he was like, Angela. <laughs> and so he, he referred me and I interviewed and I, I got the role, but like, again, like some of the, the interview process was not super technical because it was entry level, but it was also like, okay, you have X experience from your past jobs like it's not tech but it like you can deal with difficult people you can yeah. like you know be Friends professional yeah you, like you can professionally write an email and like communicate um so i think that was a really big deal plus i knew the stuff from the boot camp so i got that position um mm -hmm. and i was very lucky because it was uh, like a really great it was like a vulnerability assessment specialist which is just like passive scanning um and providing reports so it's like baby's version of becoming a pen tester like mm -hmm. step one right um so that was very very nice like a great transition and i i acknowledge that that's super like lucky and mm -hmm. not every not everybody's um journey will look like that so i do hear a lot about people like applying to like hundreds and hundreds of jobs but you know i try to give the advice that was given to me which is like make sure your resume looks good there's certain like cybersecurity resumes are different cybersecurity is like something totally different so the format of every other resume that you had is probably going to look different like skills at the top you know and then go down but um that's another conversation but like just thinking about these kinds of things tailoring your resume to like each position making some connections and seeing if there's anybody who could give you insight into what it's like for this job or before you apply whatever that may be so it's just like 
doing all that extra work and not blind applying, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Like one of the things that um, I, I've I've posted and I, I continue to post it. And whenever someone gives, says they want to break into cybersecurity, I'm like, well, here's a challenge for someone looking for a role. And it doesn't matter what role, right? Because it could be literally anything. Mm -hmm. um, look at the job, look at the title, find six or seven job descriptions across different industries and summarize them, see where you fit into it, where your strengths, where your weaknesses, um, and is that does that really align with your skill set? Is Are you really interested in it? Then reach out to people in those roles and start doing informational interviews. Like what's a day in the life of a SOC analyst? Um, V1, V2, like, do you really want to sit there and look at alerts all day? Maybe, maybe not. Each person's right. different. Exactly. Align, aligns with your passion. And then now that you've done the informational interviews, you probably have some rapport with them. They can help you. They can help you if the company's looking. They can help you if they're, they see something in their network. Kind of like you said, use networking, use those types of approaches. So um, I, I love your advice that it really does align with, with like those three bullet points. Um, right. So now that you've gotten your your more than first role, like how do you keep up with cybersecurity? It's it's changing every day. Like what what tips and tricks do you have for folks? Yeah, so I would say first off, like keep your <laughs> keep an open mind to like what position you have and what you might have next, because uh, that can change. Like I wasn't necessarily looking for a new role when I got one, um, but I was kind of like. Yeah, I'll try it. Okay, that seems like a like a good progression um, to me, like building this career, right? Uh, so keep an open mind. Um, sorry, what was the initial question? I, I like, like, what do you do to keep up? How do you keep up? Oh with yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so I created a Twitter account just for cybersecurity purposes. Like, I didn't want to share like personal stuff or follow people's like just like comments. For the most part, I was mm -hmm. like, there's a lot of good cybersecurity professionals on Twitter posting important things and relevant stuff. So I built out like my Twitter based on those professionals. Now, of course, they do share like their opinions on other things and mm -hmm. that's in there and that's fine. But like I know that the majority of my content um, is probably going to be cyber related or I can find a lot of good information, articles and things going on. So that's mm -hmm. one of the ways. Um there's trainings that I like to keep up with. And some of it was like, like before my current employer <clears throat> wasn't like um, freely available to me. So I kind of like moved around to like, there's like IT pro TV videos, there's YouTube, um, there's like professor messer stuff, right? Um, <laughs> so like just using all the things that are freely available. And then of mm -hmm. course, you could like do paid LinkedIn, like I tried that for a little bit, I think. I'm just dropping all these now. I don't know if we're supposed to do this, but <laughs> plural site, like there's just so many different methods. And I think you just need to decide um, which works best for you. Mm -hmm. So there's all these trainings that, you know, can update your skill set. Um, but as far as like news and the happenings, right? Like follow some blogs, follow some podca podcasts <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, just put it on while you're doing something else. You don't have to like actively listen to every single one but engulfing yourself in the cybersecurity news and like community is super important 
I know I met you through a uh, presentation at a virtual conference. Um, yeah. What, what was that experience like and how did it help your career? It was GrimCon, right? So yeah. um, it was awesome. It was like right before the, well, right after the pandemic started and it was actually my first uh presentation so i was very grateful for it being virtual because i'm like i can sit here and just look at you and talk and then like no one else exists right so <laughs> it took it took the stress off of that experience a little bit and and was really great what i really liked about that one was they provided you with like a mentor type person who had given presentations and, and could advise you as a newbie mm -hmm. so that was really cool um but i really enjoyed it i think i did another one or two for different things um that year but uh, yeah, it was great. Like you get to like participate and then listen to all the other ones. And it kind of makes you feel, I don't know, more part of the community, right? Like actually yeah. presenting and then like listening to other people, knowing that they just went through the same thing gives it the extra, like extra yeah. boost. Right. So yeah, yeah I definitely suggest presenting at any time, like just try it, you know, like it can't, it will never hurt. It'll always just be like, a thing that you can do and if you enjoy it do it again absolutely and i mean everyone has a different perspective everyone has a different background so we we definitely need like that diversity of thought and if you have an interesting point of view um on a particular problem set go out and share it with the community whether you have your own video blog you present at a virtual conference or at a real conference once they come back um right. Definitely do that. Um, one of the, the questions before we wrap up is, uh, Carlos asks, you might have already shared this if I missed it, but did the bootcamp provide exposure to different avenues of the world of cyber? And how did you decide what to focus on? <laughs> so great, great question. Um, I think narrowing down what I didn't want to focus on was easier than what I did. So, <laughs> so I was like, every single person I talked to almost wants to be a pen tester. So like, they're going to take all those jobs. So I'm going to apply to the other things. <laughs> like, like just again, mathematically, like this makes sense in my favor. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't get to like necessarily choose for the first role, right? Like that kind of was like, this is an entry level position. I know I can do these things and I need to get that first job. Mm -hmm. Um, knowing that it wasn't going to be a forever job or mm -hmm. extremely long term job um, mm -hmm. and not necessarily like a path. It was just like entry level, get the first one, then you'll feel more comfortable um, with the experience of having like the job in cybersecurity to get you to the next step. So not necessarily deciding is is what I did. <laughs> And I mean, that that's a great approach because there's so many different roles and each company might do the same role differently. And exactly. you might be very comfortable at one company in one role and not with another company in the exact same role. So yeah. it's a balance of like culture, role, everything like that. Yeah, um, even the teams, right? Like you may feel comfortable on one team and not another in the same exact position. Um, also, like. I don't think there's any way to just read about a position and know that you're going to like it. Like you have to do the job. <laughs> you have to do the job and then you'll know the things you do and do not like about it. Absolutely. Uh, wow. Uh, we're already at a half hour. Time just <laughs> flew by. Um, I know. <laughs> the, the last question that I like to ask is if you had to summarize everything that you just shared into one piece of advice uh, for those potentially looking to follow in your footsteps, what would that be? I love this. Um, 
because recently, a couple months ago, I, I used it in a presentation and it was basically say yes to everything until you can't physically like you're just too busy and, and you need to like maintain work-life balance mm -hmm. but by yes i mean like tell yourself yes and like take opportunities so yes like you can get the certs no one necessarily talks about how many times they fail it they talk about when they pass so don't worry about how many times you have to take it yes you can go to the meetings now they're probably virtual but like yes you belong there it doesn't matter your experience level but most importantly like once you start learning this stuff you're a cybersecurity person. Like, don't think that you're, you're always a student. Like, you're a cyber. You're about to be a cybersecurity professional. Like, act like it. Tell yourself that. The more you tell yourself that, the more you'll believe it. It's going to be true. So, just keep saying yes to opportunities, and yeah, it'll get you. It'll get you somewhere good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Having that yes attitude. Um, well, everyone, thank you so much. Um, if you're joining us on uh, YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit that notification button. If you're listening to us on podcasts, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and share with anyone that might be interested. Um, maybe her story can inspire other um, women and other individuals to come into this field. We definitely need that diversity, um, not just of gender, but of thought, of background, of experience, um, whether legal, fine arts, uh, whatever it is, we, we, we need them all uh, in cybersecurity. So thank you very much, everyone, and have a great rest of your Friday. Thanks, Christoph. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.